0: Usually I've been releasing a new podcast every other week, but today I feel like I need to sneak in an extra one. I feel like I need to respond to some of my own thoughts from last week, not because I've gotten pushback from other people. The pushback has actually come in my own head. I've been arguing with myself about this stuff. Now, I know that sounds strange, but it's just what I do. Last week, we were asking the question of how we come to answers around the ethical and moral questions of our day. Is it as easy as the Bible says it, I believe it, and that settles it? Or is it more complex than that? If you haven't listened to that first one yet, you might want to go back and take a listen. And while I'm on the subject of listening to old podcasts, there's a whole season before this one that if you haven't heard, you might want to go check it out. Also, if this is helpful for you, you'd be doing me a great favor to share it with people who might also benefit from this kind of podcast. Okay, enough of the shameless plug. Let's get back to the topic at hand. I want to take all this a step further today and ask the question, what happens when your truth and my truth don't agree? Do I just say that your truth is fine, even if your truth is racist? Is it okay just to believe whatever you want under the guise of, this is true for me? I'm sure there are a lot of white supremacists that believe that they are right. There were Christians that were on the wrong side of the apartheid issue, people that loved God and read their Bibles. There were people in the USA that owned slaves, and they truly believed that the Bible justified it. Is that okay? Is everyone right? Well, I certainly don't think so. I believe there are absolutes in this world. Gravity, for example, is an absolute. If I drop something, it falls 100% of the time. The earth is round. It's not flat. Violence against children is not okay. There are things that are absolute in this world that we all agree on. And then there are things that probably the vast majority of us agree on. It's not okay to be a white supremacist. It's not okay to cheat on your spouse. It's not okay that nine million children go to bed hungry every night. It's not okay that one out of four women in South Africa have been sexually assaulted. I doubt if too many of us would disagree on those things. But what I was trying to talk about in the last podcast Are the things that we are split down the middle on, the things we passionately disagree on? Is abortion murder, or is it the right of the woman to choose? Is it okay to have a woman as a senior pastor of a church? Is the death penalty a deterrent to crime, or does it just perpetrate more violence? Is being an LGBTQI person a sin? Is the Bible inerrant and infallible? Welcome to Deeply Spiritual but Rather Uncertain. In case it didn't come through last week, I do believe in the Bible. I do believe in reading and studying and trying to live out the principles that are in the Bible. I think it's important. I hope that was clear. I think the Bible is a critical part of this argument. I guess it comes down to the question of how we use the Bible. If you have to find a verse that says, don't be a white supremacist, that will be a problem because you probably won't find it. In fact, I know you won't find it. Or if you want to find a verse that says you shouldn't own slaves, you'll find that very difficult. In fact, you will find verses that seem to say it's okay to own slaves. When we try to use the Bible as an answer book, it fails us. When we try to find the verse that gives us the answers, we'll probably fall short. That's how we've tried to use the Bible for years, and to be honest, it has hurt us more than it's helped us. I think a better way to see the Bible is to see it in the big picture rather than a verse-by-verse instruction book. When I see it that way, it can guide me to wisdom rather than to have to answer every question. I did a series in the last season about the big themes from Scripture, things like love and redemption and grace and justice and mission. I'm sure there are more themes than what I put out there, but, but so much of what we are speaking about fits into one of those themes. So why do I believe it's not okay to be a white supremacist? Because part of the wisdom that the Bible leads us to is that all humanity is created in the image of God and therefore every person has value and worth, full stop. I believe that the Bible teaches love, not hate. But I also realize it by my experience. I realize that I'm not better or smarter or of more value than people that have a different skin color than me. I was having a discussion with a friend the other day about great musicians. And it got me thinking about the most influential musicians of the modern era. People that not only wrote great music and were great musicians, but people that influenced the culture and the thinking of a generation. And I realized that so many of them were not white. People like Chuck Berry and Aretha Franklin or Prince and Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson and on and on and on. Such incredibly talented and brilliant people. Go Google any list where they categorize the world changers of the 20th century, and you will see names like Nelson Mandela, Rosa Parks, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr., Oprah Winfrey, Barack Obama, and many more. And of course, there are a large number of friends and colleagues that I have known and worked with over the years of various cultures and skin colors, people that are smart and talented and caring and just exceptional human beings. Any honest look at humanity tells me there is nothing special about me because I'm white. Experience tells me along with what I read in the Bible, that white supremacy is wrong. So yes, there are some things that we clearly know are true by both the Bible and experience. But here's what I was trying to get to last week. What about the things in the last category, the ones we are really split down the middle on? What happens when your truth and my truth don't agree? Recently, the issue of capital punishment has come up in South Africa. In 1994, the new constitution abandoned the death penalty, but there are those that are advocating bringing it back as a deterrence to crime. I look at the Bible, along with my experience in history and tradition, and I say, I don't believe that capital punishment is right. You, on the other hand, may look at exactly the same things, and you say you agree with capital punishment. So now what? Certainly the hot subject in Christian circles these days is the LGBTQI topic. More and more, you're seeing evangelical Christians that are changing their thinking on what they believe on the subject. So, what do we do when our opinions oppose each other? What do we do when we disagree? Let me throw out two ideas that seem to be completely opposed to each other. First is that you need to be passionate about what you believe. You need to take a stand and be counted. But secondly, we need to hold on to what we believe very lightly. These two statements seem to be opposed to each other. At first glance, it's kind of an either-or scenario. But I think both of these statements are true and important i think it's possible to do both at the same time so remember now i'm talking about that third category those things we have a difference of opinion on first of all i believe that we need to hold our views on these things very lightly i guess this word would be humility When it comes to these issues that are highly contested, I understand that the people that believe differently than me are not just a bunch of wackos. They are probably smarter than me. They probably love God more than me. And if I listen, I just might learn something. I must always be willing to learn and grow and even change my opinion on an issue. That's what I mean when I say hold things lightly. That's humility. At the same time, I don't want to be one of those people who don't have a clue what they actually believe. They just believe whatever the crowd around them believes. And when they're with different crowds, they go along with a different belief. If you disagree with me on something, I hope you believe that you're right and I'm wrong. Because I'm telling you, I believe that I'm right and you're wrong. Because if I didn't, I would come over to your side. I think we need to be passionate about what we believe. So can you hold these two things in tension, passion and humility? I believe you can. I believe we must. We have got to be passionate about what we believe, but at the same time, not hold on to it too tightly. I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying it's possible, and I think it's critically important. See, passion without humility is dogma it's fanaticism. It leads to a kind of radical fundamentalism which we see so prevalent in our world. But humility without passion is wishy-washy. It's wimpy. It accomplishes nothing. We have to hold these two things, humility and passion intention. Then we have to engage in open, honest conversation on these issues without judgment or condemnation. We have to be able to have safe conversations. Notice I say conversations and not debate. I think there's a place for debate where two people come together to speak about what they believe on a particular issue with the outcome being that people that are listening can hear both sides of the issue. I think that's good and even healthy, but I think we need a lot more conversation than debate. Conversation demands not only talking, but listening. Listening to truly understand the person before the argument. And I think that is really important. One of the risks of social media is that I forget the person and it becomes all about the argument. I forget there is a human being on the other side of the keyboard and we have got to really listen to each other. I think we saw this really clearly when the Black Lives Matters movement started. So many people were quick to jump on the All Lives Matter bandwagon without ever really listening to the human beings that were in such pain, without ever hearing the stories of heartache that led to the movement. Of course, All Lives Matter, but stop and listen to the cries of those that are in pain. Conversations demand that we listen to the person. A few episodes ago, I did a podcast called Shift Happens. I spoke about a major shift, or dare I even say a reformation, that I see happening in Christianity. I believe that 10 years from now, or maybe even 5 years from now, Christianity is going to look very different than it does now. The struggle is that the issues that we are shifting on are so incredibly controversial. My fear is that they're going to divide us even more. We're going to divide up in our little camps and then circle the wagons to keep everybody else out and every other idea out. We're going to go on social media to call each other out and then we're going to blame each other for the divisions that exist. We will not get through this time in the history of the church without doing some serious damage unless we are willing to engage in open, honest conversation. Conversation that is filled with passion and humility. Conversation without judgment or condemnation. Jesus said that the world will know we are his followers by the way we love each other. Jesus knew that we would disagree. He knew we wouldn't see things exactly the same. He knew there were going to be problems, but he said the world will judge you by the way you deal with the disagreement. Can you love each other even when you disagree? That, Jesus said, will be the litmus test. The other day I was thinking, what if we didn't have the Bible? What if it was never canonized? And then I took it further and I thought, what if just before Jesus had ascended to heaven, he wrote a note that he left with his disciples and on the top of it it said, the Word of God. And then all the notes said, was love each other as I have loved you so that the world will know that you are my disciples. I think that would be enough. Shalom.